Well, as Australia look to uh, go 2-0 up in the Ashes with uh, the big one at Lord's uh, beginning tonight, they can take a lot of lead too from uh, their women's side, uh, which uh, in the end quite comprehensively uh, beat England uh, to uh, take a dominant start in their Ashes series as well. It's been uh, an absolutely golden period uh, for Australian cricket when you consider, of course, they are the World Test champions uh, and the men. Uh, it's been a good month. There's uh, something in the water with Test cricket at the moment, it seems, and it simply would not be a true Ashes contest without plenty of verbal barbs from former players. So just ask Ben Stokes about that. Holly Robinson's sledging of Usman Khawaja has gained traction since Edgbaston. What have you made of the reaction from some former Australian players questioning his pace and his ability? I mean, what's Ashes cricket without, uh, you know, comments from, from past players? I mean, it's, you know, it's not the only time where, you know, emotions of professional sport has, you know, came out in, in that form. But look, I think Ollie Robinson's the sixth best ball in the world. He's averaging 21 with a ball. That's all I think I really need to say on that, to be honest. Okay, well, it sounds like uh, Ben Stokes might have been a listener to SCNQ and heard Matthew Hayden with our next guest, uh, Ian Healy, last week. Um, Heels is with us now, and just uh, incidentally, folks, I could tell you, Ian Healy is the uh, the wicketkeeper with the most wicketkeeping dismissals in Ashes history. It is unlikely to be, be beaten any time soon, too, I promise you, 135 in uh, just 33 matches, which is an incredible strike rate. Heels, good morning to you. G'day, Smitty. I didn't know that, actually. Um, so, so, yeah, our, our current team isn't saying much, are they? They're not entering into the, the verbal barrage, so the former players thought they'd step in. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, and uh, when you take on Ricky Ponting, uh, you take on uh, Matthew Hayden, and um, uh, there's enough of them over there that they've probably got a roster, the former players, that they can attack at any <laughs> stage. So <laughs> you, you, you can, you've got to be a bit selective. And when you haven't achieved as much in the game as most of them have achieved, um, Ollie Robinson went out on a bit of a limb. Yes, he's put a target on himself, but he's, he's in good form. And as Ben Stokes just said, his start in Test cricket is pretty good. 17 matches for 71 wickets at 21. So uh, he, he can be OK. Don't worry about his pace. Just keep doing what he's doing. Can we just uh, touch on the, the women's ashes, of course, vested interest for you with you, uh, with um, Alyssa uh, captaining Australia and uh, with some broken fingers, which you'd know uh, all about. So in the end, that was a, a, a pretty a pretty conclusive performance in the end. Uh, they'd be mighty pleased and she's done a good job with Meg Lanning not being there. Yes, that's a, that's a big win. Um, England were a little optimistic in their rebuild. Uh, some new quicks and some uh, bat batters getting more of a go, like Sophia Dunkley, and, and they, their team was shaping up pretty well, they thought. So it was a convincing win for the Aussies, and they too, uh, not without without Rachel Haynes now and Meg Lanning, as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, they, they had plenty to do too, so they got it done and, and very well. Um, you know, as far as Elise's uh, broken fingers, like I, I sent her a text saying, well, it's about time you found out what it's like to miss love balls. And and she did a good job on it by the sound of it, but I don't know how she knows they're broken. Why did she let them x-ray them? You just play on if you're going to. Yeah, absolutely. You play on. Um, I would imagine heels, if they took a real close study of yours over the years, uh, they'd find that every every digit might have had a crack or two in it. Oh, the first thing they say is that it's 28 days off. No, no, I'm playing on Friday. So, yeah, she, she, she did well to get through with it. 
She did indeed, okay, and uh, they've got the white ball series to come uh, forward with, and of course we know Australia are damn fine exponents in women's cricket of white ball cricket. Okay, let's uh, get on to uh, the Ashes tonight. Incidentally, incidentally, we obviously, uh, and a lot of people refer to Lords as the home of cricket. What was the average Australian test cricketer? What does he refer to as the home of cricket for him? Um, what do you mean, in Australia? Or, you know, no, it is really the world. for us. It is Lords, yeah, yeah. In the world, yeah. Lords is our specialist uh, place. We've only lost there twice since 1934, and that was in 2009 and 2013. So this is, you know, and I think that happens a lot uh, at Lords because it's such a special place. Touring team loves it maybe even more than the home side. Uh, and they're so excited to be there, and they play well. So, yeah, that's what England are up against every year when someone comes to Lords. A lot of conjecture uh, about the pitch. Uh, it looks, from all intensive purposes, on a little bit I've seen on Facebook, etc., as being quite green. And England, uh, with their selection of no specialist spinner, would indicate that that's what they hope it to be. Yes, or they've ju judged it to be. So where's the fast flat track uh, theory gone? It's already out of the out of the window after one try. So that's a change. Um, th you know, no specialist spinner. I know. I think Joe Root will be more than adequate. Um, he, he goes better than he once did as an offie. So that'll be okay. But no specialist keeper. The it's a big challenge on um, J Johnny Bairstow to to keep well at Lords. We all know the, about the slope. It's two and a half metres from one side across the ground to the other side of fence. Um, and so that, that does make your balance a, a little bit off skew at times. And the ball wobbles after the bat a lot. So it, it's a real challenge for keepers at this ground. And they've put him into that sort of pressure again. I, I want him in the team, but I don't necessarily need him wicket-keeping, Johnny Bester. Oh, well, I don't either, uh, and I, the reason I don't is because to beat Australia, you have to accept every opportunity, and you have to accept the first one. Uh, the other thing is, um, Ben Folks is, uh, as a glove man, so superior to him, and not a poor batsman by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I, I don't get it. Well, it's they've always had, in the last 30, 35 years, maybe 40 years, they've had this you know, they're propping up either their batting order with with an extra batsman. Let's put the gloves on this batsman. Um, like Alex Stewart was a reluctant starter in it, became very good at the job, but, but um, that allowed them to play another batsman. So they're catering for their top order to fail again. Get your top order doing their job. Your top six, put your wicket keeper in, and then your bowlers uh, do their job as well. The, the other times they they can squeeze an extra bowler in at times, and uh, you, you know it's a very defensive mindset they've got there for a very aggressive um, mental team now. Which way do you think Australia will finally settle? I mean, you know, uh, right. there is that. As you talk about that slope, you talk about uh, bowling uh, a left armour coming down the hill from the members' pavilion. Uh, you talk about right armours coming up from the nursery ground, etc. I mean, I can see Stark and Boland. I can see all of them being effective. Yes, and that's the dilemma. Um, whether you stick with what started okay for you. Um, Scott Boland, they're talking about his economy was over five runs and over. Um, in the first test on that wicket, but I'd like to give, give him a chance to sort of tighten that up a bit and prove he can do that. 
And I think also that the, this, these conditions will best suit Boland and Hazelwood, blokes who just nip it off the seam either way, down the slope or up the slope, um, whereas Starkey is, you know, flat out through the air and looking to get some swing and reverse swing later on. I don't think it'll reverse too much, but, but um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be sticking with the attack that won us the first test. Right, okay, that's uh, cool to know that um, And uh, of course, um, leaving out Mitchell Stark is a very big call any day of the week But they never leave out Nathan Lyon In fact, Hills, he's about to play his 100th consecutive test match Can you believe that? 100 consecutive tests uh, In this country, we find it very hard to play a spinner two tests in a row This is incredible uh, And he sits on 495 wickets, incidentally, as well So he's heading towards 500 Wouldn't bet against them getting them here yeah, so 100 yeah. consecutive tests for a, a finger spinner these days uh, and Nathan Lyon. Tell us a wee bit about how you rate him. I mean, you kept behind the best of the best with Shane Warne, uh, but he's the goat of off spinners. Oh, yes, I, I rate him extremely highly um, because just like Glenn McGrath, who wasn't that fast and didn't do that much with the ball, but got, you know, 600 wickets. You know, Nathan Lyon's done that. He, he's, a, he's had the toil, he's had the bowl long spells, um, and yet his his economy rate's excellent. It's just under three, and uh, his average a little bit high, thirty thirty one. But uh, he never bowls badly. Some some days he can bowl, he can produce a flat performance and not sort of have much impact. But not very often, and that's as bad as it gets. He, he is so dependable, um, and a wonderful presence around the dressing room. He, He's got a nice sense of humour that just keeps blokes bubbling along and and that, and he can cop that sort of sense of humour against him as well. So he, he, they, they just love him and he, he's so enthusiastic about playing cricket. He's He's been so durable, like he's bowled a lot and he's thrown himself around in the field a lot. He trains hard and he's never injured and I think he can go for a fair while yet. Well, he seems to have the appetite for it. There's no doubt about it. He just lives the game. You only have to be at a, yeah. a cricket ground uh, where Australia are getting ready. He's often the first guy out there. First guy out there um, yes, to, right. to prepare, to, to look at the conditions, uh, to look hey, around just to assess Smitty. what's going on. Yeah. Remember when Huff retired, Mike Hussey, and he handed yep. over the team song to Nathan Lyon? And every, everyone's going, oh, that's a strange decision. Like, yeah, you know, he's sort of battling for his position. And look at it, he, you know, he needs that. That was a wonderful boost for him and gave him great confidence and uh, he's been a, a fantastic cricketer for Australia since. We talked a wee bit before about uh, Johnny Bess, though, and the risk they're taking there, but it seems to me, Alex Carey, and I'm not sure what the trigger point was, whether it was those dismissals in Adelaide when he stood up to the stunts and uh, took a couple of dismissals standing up to, I think it was Michael Nisa. Uh, back in Adelaide, but something has triggered this guy's career, and it now looks like he's a, a pretty complete package. Yes, I think it's just experience. Um, the confidence of those dismissals, yes, that's uh, a good spot by you, Smithy. Of course, um, I think last year, you know, they had a they had a tough a tough twelve months. They went to Pakistan and they went to Sri Lanka to to keep themselves on top of those World Test ratings, and he had hard times over there. So, so he he's learnt from all that, and he's a much more experienced cricketer now, and knows what pressure's all about, and uh, and he, he's ready to to conquer it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think I think you're right. He, he's bounced uh, this year into this year because of last year's uh, really tough year that he had to experience. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, terrific now. He's a fixture, so uh, that's a good sign for Australian cricket. Now then, on an entirely different subject, um, I believe it showed last night. Did it play uh, on Channel 9, the documentary, The Two Ians, uh, Chapel and Botham? Yes. What yes, happened? What did, you, what did you see in it? What did you see in it? Well, uh, um, Heels, because well, you know them both. I mean, we, you know them both very well. Yeah, yeah and um, we've been through it all, and neither would tell us the story, would they? But I didn't realise that the story was out there quite a lot more than I knew. Did you Did you think it was still hidden or what happened in the bar in 1977? Uh, well, the details I, I wasn't as privy to. I, I knew um, about the dispute. I, I knew um, the end result of the dispute, obviously, is what we've uh, seen in the last uh, 30 or 40 yeah. years. But I had no uh, di- uh, doubt about, uh, no knowledge really about the finer points of the dispute, put it that way. So um, yeah. that was quite revealing. But, but uh, the vision on the TV last night had both them telling his side of the story, you know, or, or probably in the early 80s or in the n- 1980. And Ian Chappell, so too, same too, telling... Uh, you know, in an interview, what happened? You know, telling their side of the story, I didn't know that. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it was a good show because they had them separated for most of the show in, in different countries probably, and you got to watch a lot of great vision of old games. That was really good, and have, their, have, have them talk about it. And then the last part of the show, they put them together in a room, and, and it was a bit ugly. They, they went at each other and... You know, it was it was nasty. Um, you know, yeah, very very awkward uh, room, uh, which told everyone that this this feud is real, and neither man is gonna going to give up and take a backward step and compromise and, and sort of shake hands. There was no shaking hands. Beefy finally got up and said, I've had enough of this, and, and walked out. And then Chiavelli, sitting in his chair, says to the camera boys, yeah, you know, it seems like we're finished. <laughs> and that's how the show finished. But, it was, <laughs> but it, was, it was very good up until the time they put them together. It was very awkward. Oh, Heels, that's fantastic. Okay, so that's a, that's a must-watch for us over here, and it'll be on very shortly, I'm sure. Heels, uh, talking of must-watches, uh, I think the first session tonight, uh, the half an hour beforehand yeah. when the coin goes up might be interesting as well. I think we know what uh, both sides are likely to do, given the nature of uh, what we're seeing from the pitch. Uh, Heels, always fantastic uh, to catch up with you, mate. Uh, enjoy the Test match, uh, and uh, we've enjoyed listening to you, uh, as always. Thank you, mate. Well, you're welcome, Smitty. See ya.